and welcome. You're back to another episode of Co-Pop. I'm Charlie Clawson. Uh, my name is Will Anderson. Uh, thank you for uh, getting to episode five. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, Charlie, I've got a question for you. Yeah, what is it? Um, I, I, I bought a ticket, ticket in Lotto the other night. Oh, yeah. The, do, do you do Lotto? Um, no, I don't. I, I've, got, I've got a really pessimistic view of my fate. Right. <laughs> so I think there's no way the universe would be that kind to give me a million dollars. You're like, nothing Nothing is ever going to go right for me. Exactly. And I'm not buying a ticket into this shit show. Well, that last big one, there was 92 million. Is that the one yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the newsagent to buy I actually went there to buy a lotto ticket and I sat down and I was looking at the all the boxes you fill out I had no idea how to fill it out and I started looking around at who else was in there buying a lotto ticket well you get a copy what? you go stand behind them and copy their answers <laughs> yeah that's right I should have just done it, put up my wrist before I went to the news agent <laughs> that's right no I looked around at everyone else in the store and I did like a vague kind of assessment of my mm. peers right and I'm not being judgmental but the people who were in there who were buying the lotto ticket they needed it more than me, right. is what I'm trying to say. So it was charity. I wasn't, you, you were like a charitable person. I don't think it was charity. It was just that I don't feel I'm at that point where I need like a godsend, you know, to sort of help me financially. Sure, the money would be great. Yeah. But I just took it as... Pity, pity these pity these poor people who are in a worse financial position than an unemployed actor. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Producer. Podcaster. <laughs> podcaster. Will, you forgot that part. I am a professional podcast. Do you have to get paid to be a professional? Can I be a professional podcaster? Oh, I'll give you a couple of bucks. Have we told people that we're not getting paid for this in case anyone thinks, oh, those two entertainment hotshots sitting well, up on Fat Cat Hill making pa- the big showbiz dollars? Who's paying for it? Uh, like, who, who would, like, why would anyone even think that? Because some people... They don't like, have to pay to hear No, it. they may think we're getting paid. Like, maybe, you know, for some reason By we're getting who? some income. I don't know. Like maybe... Uh, like who has enough spare money that they're like, well, what, you know what I want to invest in? Two morons <laughs> talking shit in a bedroom. Which leads us to my sponsorship pitch. Well, yeah. thank you for that lead in. Uh, anyone who would like to sponsor the show? No. Uh, I just don't know. Because some, some people think that maybe there'd be, there's some... Ve- people are cynical. People might think that there's like some kind of vested interest in yeah. this besides... But we are... Besides us just wanting to talk. And- yeah. Do you think anyone will believe that we just like to talk and we want people to listen to us? I, I, I don't know, Charlie, but uh, this delicious Coca-Cola that I'm consuming is really bringing on the conversation. Stop it. Time. You're giving me a headache. I need my Nurofen. <laughs> No, I am um, no, uh, but the lotto thing occurred to me because I'm a bit like you. There's there's obviously lots of other people who you know deserve the money more than I deserve it to win yeah. lottery. But I was just thinking, like, um, do, if you won the lottery, would you ever work again? No, no. I would, what do you mean work? Like work for an income? Yeah. Well, um, you know, like, would you go to a job? Yes. Yeah, I'd still work. Yeah. Oh, actually, I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, let me think about that. Is there a certain amount of money that would mean you were never working it? Um, at this stage, well, any income. <laughs> like, uh, look, uh, Charlie okay. finds fifty bucks on the street, and I'm never working again. If you gave me a million dollars, yeah, then a million, a million dollars, I, you know, I'd keep working. A million dollars is not what it used to be. My mother has lived off like nothing since my father died. When was how long ago? Twenty years ago now. Yeah. So she has not had an income since then. He, she was not left a lot in life insurance. Mm. I think it was, I don't know, maybe 90 grand. Wow. And my mother has made that stretch for 20 years. You know, she owns yeah. her house and yeah. her car and stuff. So she went out and bought a second-hand Porsche on the first day for 82000 <laughs> <laughs> And since then has really 
been misling out. Well, she's one of that generation where she doesn't have credit cards. Yeah. Like, and, you know, and things like, um, uh, you know, taking a flight somewhere when you can drive, all that kind of stuff. Like, she's, she is such in the mindset of not kind of spending money. So I guess I have that a little bit. Mm. So I don't need, like, the 92 million. I reckon maybe maybe to stop working, yeah, like, 5 million I reckon I could stop work on. For the rest of your life? Yeah, that means I buy, like, a normal house. I'm not yeah. buying a mansion. I buy, like, a nice house. Yeah. For the rest of my life, that's a lot, isn't it? Really? Can I invest it and get, like, income off that? Or yeah, invest but, in you know, there's no get... surefire investments. No. It just doesn't seem like enough money for the rest of your life. Really? To not work. How much do you think you need? I don't know. I'd have a lot of free time to spend it if I wasn't working. So that's what you're saying is that... See, you're, you're saying, can I exist <laughs> off five million? And I'm saying yes. You're saying, can you get cocaine and hookers for the rest of your life for five million? If that's I, what you're saying... I honestly would what, be... What? I would be one of those guys who's like, right, that's it. I'm never working again. $50 million, that is enough to get me through. And then like nine months later, I'm like... You're asking your boss for $27.50 left in my bank account? How could this be? Like, you know, when like Mike Tyson or like yeah. all those guys, some, they, were, they made $150 million and ended up like in debt for $30 million. Like, how does that happen? How do you not realize you've overspent $30 million? Because you're not spending it. Like those guys, someone else would be spending it. They'd have yeah. a business manager. If it was... I don't know. If That's I mean, when you're rich, when you need someone else to spend your money for you. Yeah, totally. You can't take time out of your own day to spend your own money. So you would, if you got 50 million, would you keep working? Yeah, I think I would. 100 million? Yeah, I don't think any amount of money. I don't really work for money. I work for the satisfaction that, you know, work yeah. gives me. So I, um, no, I think I would. I'd work less. I wouldn't come in every day. I'd be the boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe I'd just like, What's the most frivolous thing you would make? Like, would you put money into research for like ESP or like what's the most fri- like, what would you spend the money on? Oh, that's a, that's a pretty good idea because um, you do have quite enough money to yeah fifty million bucks you could you could fund something something couldn't you yeah um, I mean let's just stop for a second let's pretend there's no terminal diseases in the world so yeah. it's not like they're these charities going hey asshole before yeah. you invest in 50 million dollars in do unicorns exist how about putting some money towards Alzheimer's or cancer research you fucks okay so let's just presuppose that there are no horrible illnesses yeah. but you're just free to kind of spend, spend my money. money on whatever I want to spend yeah. on. I would and, and I have admitted this dream to you before but it's been a bit of a, a lifetime dream of mine there's just some small part of me that, for reasons I can't quite un- understand, would like to become a professional underground street fighter. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's true. That's like my dream. Like sometimes I consider if comedy's not going well, like I often go, you know what? Just go now. You've probably got enough money. So you ha- could survive as an underground street fighter. So how would wealth, like why would wealth push you into Well, that? because I could get all the good trainers and shit like Batman. But that, but isn't the single thing you need is an appetite for a fight <laughs> or a capacity for violence? No, because the other thing is that like my, I, I want to get fit enough that I don't get too hurt, mm. right? You know, so I want to train my body to withstand the pain of it. Yeah. But I don't actually want to be that good at fighting. I want that to be my thing, <laughs> like that I'm really bad. Just... And like every time I go into a new fight, someone just wails the shit out of me and and people are always like why does he keep coming back 
but that's like I'm so into being a professional, like you know, underground street fighter. And, and your, your your fighting name becomes Will Fish in a Barrel. Yeah, Anderson. totally. <laughs> and that's what I am. And people always like, and people come to see me fight because I'm so bad at fighting, and I get so beat up yeah. that that that's their thing. And and I always have this kind of fantasy that people will be like, yeah, whatever happened to Will Anderson? Oh, you know he's an underground street fighter now. Oh, really? Is he any good? Oh, mate. <laughs> you thought his comedy was bad. Mate, yeah. You thought he died on stage. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's always been like a secret fantasy of mine, that I would love to be an underground street fighter. Not only an underground street fighter, but the worst. Yeah. The, the best conditioned, worst underground street fighter I would fighter like to is. be the worst underground street fighter of all time. And you know what the great thing about that dream is? as a dream that could happen at any stage. <laughs> You know, some dreams you have to give up because you're old. But there's no age. I mean, imagine if I was like 70. Imagine how good that would be. Imagine going and seeing a big, fit, 25-year-old UFC guy wailing on a 70-year-old who can't fight. (laughs) Who's willingly in this contest. That's the thing. It's not like... I mean, obviously, it's not funny. You're not against your will. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it's not funny. Hang on. Hang on. You're on to something there. Beat up old people. Maybe that is a market we need to see. <laughs> Geriatrics forced into a ring that they don't want to be in with some psychotic kickboxer. <laughs> I used to, I, uh, oh, I used man. to, I often have this fantasy whenever I'm like, um, when I'm, just, whenever I'm just running or whatever. I always like, go, okay, imagine if for some reason, grand final day. You know, uh, the Saints in the grand final, and someone goes down with an injury, and for some whatever King Ralph type ramifications, yeah. I'm I have to go on and play. Yeah. And I often think, okay, could I do it in my 32 year old body that hasn't been conditioned, hasn't played a season of football, let alone well, 10 wait a second, of football? before you get to that, yeah, run me through it from the start. What is the King Ralph style thing in your fantasy? Because there's always an explanation of how it's come that you're the person that, yeah. You know, I have a footy one, which is I'm down at... I, I, Robert Murphy invites me down to training just to see the boys because I'm a Bulldogs oh, right. fan. And uh, just after we've had a little talk and whatever we've had, we go out to Dob uh, a few, you know, kick to kick. And for whatever reason, I am just the best kick of all time. Yeah. And Dob, like, 10 of them from 50. Cut to and then, two old guys in the boundary line saying, why hasn't this kid been drafted? Exactly. <laughs> Rocket Eid, uh, at the end of the year, this is how it works. Rocket Eid then, like, identifies that and says, do you want to, like, you know... Um, play AFL football and I'm like how stringent are those drug tests <laughs> <laughs> if you can get me a list of how long things stay in the body and Ben uh, Cousins explanation for why he never got caught um, and, and then, no, but I so, <laughs> so I'm like so in this fantasy they draft me but we do it in secret this yeah. is the way it has to happen is that I they make it out as if it's a big promotion for the club. Yeah. So it's like one of those get a celebrity coach yeah, yeah, yeah. style things. Yeah. So we've drafted a celebrity draft day at age 36, you know, comedian, like blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. It's clearly all, you know. Yeah. It's a token position at the club. Yeah, exactly. It's like number one ticket holder. Yeah. And I'm doing like some media and I'm talking about the boys. It's kind of like a real life strawny. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm like the secret weapon. That are only brought out for big occasions like that, that I actually play, and that's how the fact. See, see, it's quite logical. Isn't this how James Podziadly <laughs> started his career? Because <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, that. I, I mean, that is amazing. It. Like I was saying to you the other day, like if, for people that don't f- follow football, run run through the Pod story. Well, uh, James Podziadly mm. is it Podzi? I can't say his name. Podziadly. Podziadly. He's. Uh, we were going to call this show Podziadly for a while, <laughs> but we thought it might be a joke that only we got. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, J-Pod. They call him the J-Pod. He's a full yeah. forward for Geelong and he's a mature age draftee in that he was tw- he's 28, I yeah. think, yeah. and had never played at the highest level of football, but was at the club, I think. 28, we... like, is, that doesn't really sound mature age unless you're in football. Yeah, that's Like, right. when you say he's a it's mature like age draftee, football on he's modeling. 82. <laughs> <laughs> he's on a walking frame, but he uses it to great effect on yeah. the field. Everyone else gets paid a wage. He gets paid through rotary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he's a mature age draftee, but the, he's the story of the year because he's essentially a guy who was a fitness coach or, or something at yeah, the club. Yeah, fitness coach at the club. And they just said they had a spot on, in, in their list and they said, well, you know, this guy can play and he's big and oh. and he's been been a success story. So that's... Uh, yeah, that's but not only that, he's gone into what some people call the best team of all time. Oh, yeah, like that's you right. can understand that's if like... not like the Warrigal seconds. Yeah, or, yeah, you can understand if like, you know... At the West Coast Eagles, they went, let's give the janitor a game. <laughs> We're not going that well. But um, anyway, so you, uh, so I want to know about your fantasy. How did you end up playing well, football? Well, just, the, the, just on the, J, the pods, the yeah. J-Pod thing, I was saying the other night, if we made Hollywood-style films in Australia, oh, yeah. isn't that the perfect subject? But would anyone go and see a film about AFL? No. That's not art house. Or... No. Yeah, I don't think you could like you know, make AFL work in that context. Because it's not a big enough... Like, you know, because it essentially is Tin Cup as well. It's like a lot of those stories. Yeah. Like those, you know, because the Tin Cup is Kevin Costner. Happy Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. It's Happy Gilmore. (laughs) Sorry. So you got a Tin Cup, a kind of obscure Ron Shelton film. I go to Adam Sandler. (laughs) Well, I'd love to see one of the footy commentators like say, J-Pod, now your story, it's been wonderful. How much does it parallel with that of the the movie Happy Gilmore? (laughs) Oh, man. So, um, so in your fantasy, <laughs> yeah, in right. your, like you end up playing for St Kilda. Yeah, so it's what I was saying. Normally when I'm jogging, because yeah. like, you know, I'm jogging, I'm thinking, okay, so if a ball spilled out on the wing right now mm-hmm. and I was getting like chased down by Gary Ablett, like, you know, how much have I got? Like, could I do it? Like, how would I be able to be thrown into that situation? So I have the fantasy that normally like it's a pressure game and it's just say, you know, just before we go out, for whatever reason, I haven't thought back as far as you to give it a backstory or a reason to be yeah. there that I'm just there and then I get brought on. And then I think about it and it's like, I could. This could be the most humiliating moment of my life. Like, most likely the most humiliating moment in my life because I don't think I could even barely physically compete with any of those guys. So, what would be the point of me being out there? Like, my brain then goes into what the response. Could I? Could I make? Could I at least put up a show? Could I at least just back into a pack? You know, with mm. courage, even yeah. if it kills me. Because I that because I'm not going to be able to compete, am I? Like those guys would no. annihilate. You would get killed. That's right. So, would you take that chance though? Would you do it? Damn straight I would. But I would love it. Really? Yeah. But what happens if like you have like you're terrible? What's the worst thing that happens? You're terrible. Who cares? I'd run at the Olympics tomorrow. Really? Yeah, if they just said, Oh, we've got a spare spot. Like if you want to run in lane nine <laughs> against Usain Bolt and all these dudes. Yeah. I would love that. Well, what would you rather I would get beaten by like sixty meters. What would you rather? You either ran the 100 metres at the next Olympics, yeah. or you got on stage with the Rolling Stones and had to do a guitar solo. Or, you had to choose I, And one I can't of those. play guitar. And you can't play guitar. Oh, I can run, so I'm going to go to the Olympics. But you're, I, like, I would argue... Do you know what I mean? Like, I would, at least I can run. <laughs> but I would argue, compared to those athletes, that your running would look just as bad as me trying to do a Keith Richards solo. No, I don't I don't agree. Really? Like because I'm not ruining You would get a stitch halfway down, <laughs> fifty metres into the race. Well then that would be funny. 
<laughs> they would. They'd enjoy it. You have disgraced the Olympic Games, Mr. Anderson. If at the You've Olympics, turned this into a circus. You cannot tell me that if at the Olympics there's eight of the finest, the fa- eight fastest men on the planet. Eight of the finest men? Well, they are fine men. Okay. They're like it's not a beauty contest. Amazing physical <laughs> specimens. <laughs> That'd be great. If that you do. It was like a beauty contest. They did the 100 metres. And then a bikini section. Uh, yeah, <laughs> then the bikini Pretty then, much is a bikini section. When yeah. did that become okay well, yeah, in well, athletics that you, when you finish the race, you immediately strip down? Oh, yeah. What the fuck is up with that? Like, how did that, that just got to happen? I would not even wear any clothes if I looked <laughs> like that. I never. I never wear clothes if I look like that. Just refuse to run clothes. Like, man, why would you? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you look that good. If you look that good. It's like those people who put covers over their cool cars. Yeah. Show it off, man. Show it off. Isn't it weird? Like, when you look back at movies in the 60s and 70s, like, the hero isn't buff. Like, no. do you, there was a time when, like, men... People weren't buff. Men, women weren't buff either. Like, no. women didn't have that look that they have now. I saw that film, um, Finding Woodstock. Finding Nemo. No, <laughs> I saw that one too. Yeah. No, Finding Woodstock, it's an Ang Lee film about... Yeah. How Woodstock came to Where be. Where they lost Woodstock and they had to search for it in the ocean. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres played, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but in that film, they were saying that they had a really hard time casting it because it's Woodstock, so they needed a lot of nudity and hippies and stuff. And they oh, yeah. found it hard finding people, A, who weren't really buff, and yeah. B, had natural breasts. Oh, yeah. that's a, I mean, not that it was the only sort of historical discrepancy in the, in the Scorpion King, but... <laughs> But I remember that, that was the rock one, wasn't it? Yeah, Scorpion yeah. King. Um, I was just, my first thought was, oh, wow. They have a gym back in, in ancient <laughs> times. They had gyms, breast implants. And steroids. And steroids. <laughs> and, and, and everyone had bikini waxes and eyebrow waxes. Yeah. I was like, wow. It's like when you, you've seen 300. Yeah. 300 is like the most action-packed gay movie. <laughs> gay porno I've ever seen. If you were gay... Like, would you have a problem dating a guy who had a bigger dick than you? Because uh, surely that's got to be an issue, right? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I guess it just depends. It's not something you have to do, worry about with your girlfriend. No. Well, <laughs> well, not physically, if there physically is, yes. Uh, maybe metaphor- refer to you as a. <laughs> I'm going to refer to a film, a documentary called The Crying Game. That you can, yeah. uh, I, look, I, I think I would. I wouldn't. I don't think it would be any different to a fucking like if you're in a relationship with a guy, if it's just a guy you play football with, and I don't think it changes the context that much, whether it's like a platonic thing or whether you're lovers. I think it does. You reckon? Definitely. Penis size, particularly as like. But I don't think it's any. They're going to have like sex. But I don't think it's any. Penises are going to be like used that you don't have that in a platonic. No, but you were saying, would you be intimidated by a boyfriend with a bigger dick? Yeah. I'm telling you, men in general with bigger dicks I'd be intimidated by. So it doesn't change. Yeah, but you don't see men with bigger dicks in your bed naked. Every time I close my eyes, bro. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's that's why you want to play for St Kilda in your fantasy because you get to shower with all these men. Um, yeah, I just uh, it's interesting. It's it's it makes things even more difficult. I would think there'd be advantages to it. Like I can understand, you know, you, know, you can watch the footy with them. And well, I've always thought if you had a, if you had a twin, that would be cool. I'd li- like if I had a twin. To be brother, gay with your twin? Yeah, totally. <laughs> do. No, if you had a, if you had a twin, I always thought it would be good. I could, no, not if you had a twin. If you had a clone that was like vegetative, right? 
So, like, basically something that looked exactly like you. Yeah. That you could try different clothes on and try haircuts and, you know, just look style looks on just to see how goofy they look because... Right, so kind of like multiplicity. Yes. <laughs> yes, like the, the copy of the copy, multiplicity. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I would like that. I would like, a, I'd like a, a clone yeah. that I could just style things on and look at, like a human Ken doll, right. me. So would I know you, what... Would you do anything else with it? Well, not, well, I'd put weight on it. I'd feed yep. it to see what it looked like when it put oh, on fat. weight. Yeah, make it fat. Yeah. Just to get an idea of, you know, a, a trial me. Right. <laughs> a practice you. Maybe I should just get one that can talk and yeah. walk because then it is multiplicity and then yeah. I don't have to do anything again. Yeah. I don't know. What else, would you, do you want a clone? Would you have a vegetative clone? No, it feels a bit weird to me. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't fucking <laughs> it feels, But I'm not into it. Like, even if I had heaps of money what, or like For whatever. a day, for a day. For a day? Why don't I do it for a day? You're just trying clothes on it and see if it gets fat. Okay, what about a clone that isn't vegetative, like a one that can converse with you? Right, so... He has he has your memories until the moment... It's, it's a new personality from the moment you decide, so... Right. We can leave the room now, mm-hmm. and then we come back in, and your yeah. clone's sitting there, and that he has only memories from that moment. Would you yeah. want that? So you've got the same history, but... Do different. I have to teach him shit? No, oh, no, we have no, the same yeah. history. Same okay, history, but yeah. you're divergent from the point I introduced you. I'm not interested in teaching anything. Um, no. You don't want to meet yourself? Too much pressure, man. But, okay. You could do better than me at being me. Imagine how undermining to your confidence that is. I'm not sure that I'm very good at being me at the best of times, and I'm the only one who's having to crack at it. But he kind of... I don't want other people having to go at it and doing it better than I do it. But he is you. Yeah, but he's not. He's like... He's, you know, I will 2.0, you know what I mean? Like, but if you meet him for an hour... He's a chip off the old block. <laughs> if you meet him for an hour, it's only one hour divergence. Oh, it's an hour. No, well, let's say it's an hour. Yeah. Let's say you, you can meet f- with your clone for an hour. Uh, what uh, do you think that conversation would be like? Because you're essentially coming from the same What am I talking part. to him about? Well, you decide. It's you you're talking to. Why can't I just talk to myself at home without going to all this fuss? Because it's not a divergent consciousness when you talk to yourself. Right. You know how you. But what am I going to learn from me? We both have the same history. I don't know. I'm just asking if you're interested in doing it. No. Why? You don't like yourself. I've to, no, I've just got other stuff on, mate. For an busy. hour. <laughs> I'm busy. It's an hour. Oh to yeah, talk but there's going to be planning involved and stuff. What do you mean? Like this shit doesn't come together. No, no. I'll take a blood sample. All right. When you come back next, oh no, no, no. Next week, come back. Yeah. He'll be in a cocoon. Right. And I'll hatch Where him. Where are you getting a cocoon from? Uh, hard rubbish. Right. <laughs> I told you, um, it's really good in my area. The hat stand yeah, yeah. and now a cocoon. No, that's a good point. You wouldn't be curious. But it wouldn't be list, on my list of priorities. You could kiss yourself. <sighs> uh, it just doesn't... I could kiss my elbow. You know? Like, you know I don't know. I'm not, no, it doesn't really appeal to me. Really? No. You wouldn't be curious just to see what you look like. Well, how about this? No. Do you reckon... Maybe to hear my own voice. Okay. Because you know how you're not quite sure if you hear your voice the way other people hear your voice? Because like, yeah. when you're on like podcast or uh, on the telly or whatever, it always sounds a bit different to what you think it sounds like when it comes out of your mouth. Well, essentially being on TV is kind of like having... It's like having a visual clone because... Well, I could sit at home and get stoned enough to talk to myself. <laughs> Excellent point about advertising. Can you, tell me, can you tell me more things about... What are the other six signs of ageing? Will, please, go on. Well, no, I'm talking more about the fact that when you are in front of the camera and you're doing a bit to Gruen or whatever, yeah. that you have an idea of how you're looking and how you're presenting and then you watch that back and you see something completely different. Well, that, that is true. 
So that is essentially what, you know, my... That's why I don't or... watch it back. <laughs> Do you not watch your own I don't want to know. No, I haven't watched any of this one. Um, I, in the first couple of series, I'd watch every kind of third or fourth one because like, I felt like I should in case, like, you know, snot was flying out of my nose or I was doing something really weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I don't tend to. I don't really like it. It makes you I've watched my DVD. You haven't? No. And that's been out a year now. And, you know, I didn't sit in the editor or anything. I just... I can't do it. I don't like it. I do, um, yeah, I, I, I think I will one day, but not right now. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Does it make you self-conscious? Yeah, I think so. Like, I certainly don't like, you know, look at it and go, fuck, I wish he was cloned so I could have a conversation with him. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I wish Charlie had found a cocoon in hard rubbish and I could go around to his joint next week and then we'd have me in a cocoon and we could have a conversation with right, each other okay. about fingering. All right, it's not a cocoon. What? How about this? Do oh, no, you reckon... Yeah, no, you're right. The cocoon was the issue. Do you reckon if you... Uh, if I could send you back in time uh-huh. to where you grew up to when you were a 10-year-old... All right, yeah. Do you reckon... Do you reckon that you'd recognise yourself as a kid? Like... Oh, just, where are we? You're just in, well, in where the have you sent somewhere. me? Just say uh, I've sent you to kind of uh, Melbourne. Right, and I've said. Like, so you've invented a time machine that goes just that, to Melbourne, that can send On someone the... back in time twenty six years, but can't get them to the country. It can only get into Melbourne because it only goes to major cities. But you have told me that on this day that you will be at this location because you remember you went to get uh, um, Brian Royal to autograph. <laughs> Your footy jumper at Eastgate Shopping Centre. So I said, Will, I can transport you back there. Yeah, all right. Do you reckon that you'd be able to pick yourself out from a crowd? Do you know what you look like as a kid? Yeah. Do you reckon if you walked past each other that you'd pick yourself out? Uh, well, he wouldn't recognise me. but You'd recognise him? I'd recognise him. Do you reckon if you were a 10-year-old, Will, you'd recognise you now walking past? That you'd get some kind of feeling? Oh, like some mystical, oh, that's me. Well, do you think just if you saw you... Like, think back to when you were 10, if you saw you walking past, do you think that you'd realise that was you grown up? No. No, I don't think so. Really? No. Why is that? Do you think you, you were? Yeah, I haven't changed that much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look that much different. Still got tiny little hands. I, when I was a kid, I looked exactly like DJ from Roseanne, like bowl haircut, like yeah. a little Mr. Spock. That's exactly what was I was Was that like. your look at school? Like the I, didn't DJ know, I didn't know. That was my look up until I was about 14. Right. And then I found out you could part your hair. I always thought that people were born with their hair parted one side or the other. And I used to get really annoyed that my hair just grew straight down. And then someone said, you know, you can just part it with a comb and comb it to one side. And I was like, you're shitting me. You just didn't know. I didn't know that your hair, people parted their hair. I thought it grew like that, like that. It grew with a part in it. And I was like, oh, I'm so jealous of John. He's got the fucking part that goes down the side. And he can flick his hair. It looks so cool. And then someone said, why don't you just grow your hair longer and part it on the side? And I had no idea you could do that. <laughs> so it would be easy to pick me if I went back in time because you'd see that kid on the blue bus <laughs> licking the glass. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Poor you. Yeah. Well, you obviously knew. that <laughs> <laughs> you could part hair. I, I went to a very good school, Charlie. They taught us all the stuff. Like how you could part your hair with, with a comb. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. a brush. A brush. And a brush too. And or a brush. 
I don't know why I didn't know that. I just, some things, I guess, I mean, look, being a parent's hard and obviously you got to yeah. teach your kids as much as you can, but maybe some things slip through the slip cracks. Slip through the cracks. Like you can part your hair, kid. You taught the first date to part their hair. You're like, come on, he'll work it out, surely. <laughs> I know he's the last of nine, but surely there's enough good DNA left in our you reproductive can, systems can, to make a normal kid. You can lead a horse to water. But, <laughs> you know, I do think that though sometimes, you know, when you're a kid, those things you just don't realise that were going on. Like, we um, had a... Uh, um, I just didn't know a lot of things, I think. I, I was not, you know... My dad, I thought, have I mentioned this before? My dad told me that sheep um, could only stand on hills because they had shorter legs at the front than they did at the back. And I just believed that for years. Yeah. Without ever, like, just using How my old eyes. Were you? 18. <laughs> 35. <laughs> dad, stop telling me these things. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I mean, like a kid. Yeah. Like a kid, kid, like a proper kid. Yeah. My parents used to do this, um, uh, they were going to this, I guess it was like a marriage counselling kind of thing. Not like their relationships on the rocks, but one of those kind of develop your marriage kind yeah. of uh, counselling things. Take it to the next level. Yeah. yeah. And um, they used to have to have like sit down and have a, a dialogue like once mm. a week. That was one of the things they oh, did. Yeah, right. And so they had this room that they'd go into that the kids weren't allowed near when they're having their dialogue time and they called it the dialogue room. Mm. <laughs> I remember when we were in primary school. And we had to like the diary name, room. Had it was to like name, Big Brother. Yeah, we had to name different parts of the house. The kids yeah. were like bathroom, living room, and I was like dialogue room. And the teacher's like, <laughs> "What? It's like where your parents got to talk about their marriage." This is like, what do you mean? It's like, doesn't everyone have a dialogue room? <laughs> well, there's a dialogue room, right? I honestly thought there's a dialogue room. Two bedrooms, two toilets, dialogue room. <laughs> how can, how can it, you have some dialogue? It does sound like a Big Brother room. You get someone to the dialogue room. It just, like, you can just imagine that, like, you know, poor little Fritzel kids at school. Dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> Soundproof dungeon? It's a, but the weird thing, it's like such a 70s kind of fucking concept, like the dialogue room. You've got to start a dialogue. I don't know. My you've got to do it in a room. Yeah. There's got to be a specific room for your dialogue. My, my fucking parents, they hit that vein of kind of late 70s optimism and new age parenting. Mm. They also um, became sex ed teachers at my school oh, at my primary school yeah both my parents do you have sex ed at your school not with two people what, you didn't have to show how to do it and stuff do you <laughs> like, <laughs> like dad would teach the boys and the mum would teach the girls oh okay it wasn't yeah. like they taught them together although they probably well that's what you implied well I don't yeah, no, imply. that's what I <laughs> that's thought. what you implied yeah Weird. The first yeah. thing you think is my parents having sex no I just thought of the two of like they were, they, so they both came in so that new age is good to wow. a point. Like it's not like my parents were hippies or anything, yeah. but there's something to be said about just old school parents, conservatism, yeah, totally <laughs> Victorian parents. You know, I'm your father. We'll talk again at eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> Proper old school stuff. You I guys were say, taught yourself, mate. Oh, well, I live on a farm. Like you know, you... so what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> As people know, farms are rife with pedophiles. <laughs> Forget finding a needle in a haystack. The old expression around our way is like finding a pedophile in a haystack. An eight-year-old Will comes in with a bucket of milk and goes, Dad, Dad, I milked the cow. And you're like, we don't have a cow. And you see old man Johnson leaping across the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Molestation was way down in the town you grew up in. But milking was really high. And costume shops were just getting sold out of cow costumes. A really strange correlation of events. And the milk tasted a little like pineapple juice. 
there was a pedophile at our school. Um, I won't. Obviously. Oh, that's funny. Good yeah. <laughs> way to learn from a big laugh. No, I won't. I won't give away too many details of it because, like, you know. But but um, uh, there was a one of the teachers, and it was a teacher that I adored. Like, like, thought he was. Like, I suppose that's kind of like part of the, you know, how yeah. they lure or whatever. Um, but it turned out that he'd like, you know, like been a pedophile, you know, with some kids at school. And, and, and it was such a big scandal. And it still is a scandal. I'm so glad it wasn't me. Like, I yeah. never wish that upon anybody. Yeah. But there is still a small part of you that goes, you was fat. <laughs> Everyone said I was just being bold, Fuck, but man. I was fat. We are, there's a pedophile at my school yeah. as well, a, a priest. Surprisingly. A priest? A Catholic, Catholic priest, priest a pedophile. pedophile. I know, oh it's God. not the press. That was the one I read about in the paper. <laughs> yeah, school. that's right. Um, but it's okay, don't worry, don't worry. Justice is served in the end. He got taken to another church yeah, great. <laughs> five kilometres away. So he well, really learnt his lesson. Take that. Now, he actually, he actually, you may need to get your mail redirected. <laughs> he actually fled the country, but he, I was an altar boy. It sounds like such a perfect setup for this kind of story. Mm-hmm. Like a, They'll make this into a film with uh, Brad Pitt and Jason Patrick and yeah. you know, playing me in a flashback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He was again like your your guy. Everyone loved him. He was kind of like really popular, and just uh, parents trusted him. Is I guess is the point. Yeah, like yeah. especially because I don't know how many altar boys are in the uh, listening audience, but when you're an altar boy, you essentially go to a room behind the church and get changed out of your clothes mm. into these uh, smocks. Smocks, I guess I should know what they're called. I don't. Know I was an altar boy for two years. Yeah. But anyway, so this guy turned your costume, out your outfit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Your coat. Yeah. Or, or just uh, something more comfortable, as the yeah. priest would say. <laughs> but this guy, he, um, he, about two weeks before he fled the country, or he at least fled the state, I was, uh, I had stopped going to the school. I was at a different school, but I was doing my confirmation classes mm. back at this parish. And I was walking across the garden, and he stumbled out from the rectory, and he was stunk of booze, and he came up to me, and he was always like, Clausen, you fucking cunt, turn your back on Jesus, you cunt, you fucking... Like, it sounded like Reagan from The Exorcist, oh. who was just spitting out expletives, and like, I was 12 years old, right in my face, and really, really having a go. And I sort of like, you know, what are you going to say when you're 12 years old and an adult, like, has a go at you? But yeah. I, I went home, and I was talking to my mum and my brother, my older brother, and I told them what happened. My brother was like, oh, I'm going to go fucking bash that guy. Like, yeah. who talks to a kid like that? And then it turned out later that he had been you know, messing around some kids mm. in the parish, and so he fled... And I think in my head what had happened was that maybe he'd had his eye on me. Right. And when he saw me crossing, you know, across the gardens there, it was like a spurned lover. He came out and was like, you son of a bitch. You know, like, is that, I mean, I know that's fucking twisted, but why else? Like, it was so random. Why did he come out and just fucking, I mean, unless he really thought I had turned my back on Jesus. That guy had to flee the country and then years later you're watching Lethal Weapon and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, I recognize him. (laughs) Um, wow. Yeah. That's fun, man. Yeah. No, no, so, no you see lots of sex in the country. That's yeah, my right. point. Uh, because animals. Animals have sex all the time in the country. Um, and, you know, like, you know what the bull's doing to the cows in the in the paddock. You Mom! Know. That bull's killing that cow! <laughs> that bull's trying to Cut. jump that cow, but he can't get over it. Come in here, Will. Yeah. <laughs> we need to show you something. Well, not show you. Uh, uh. <laughs> We've got Charlie's parents over. <laughs> they've just come fresh from grade three where they've been doing a demonstration. Yeah. I, I'm i amazed that wasn't the incident that earned me a nickname. Like, you reckon if anything yeah. was going to earn someone a nickname? Those yeah. kids weren't thinking hard enough. No, it's um. you're probably a little bit young. Everyone would have just like... Because it's still, you can still recover from pissing yourself. 
no, in class up until about grade three. Oh, actually, I did piss myself in class. You're right. I never pissed myself in class. Happy to say, but I'm not saying that. You know, I don't. I haven't pissed myself <laughs> since then. Have you really? As an adult, I don't think so. No, but I. Uh, Have you ever shat your pants? No. As, as an adult, no, no. no. Thank God. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Someone who's had a lot of big nights. Yeah, yeah. How no, you no, that, avoided I those two? I don't really... No, I've never really kind of... And I don't vomit a lot. Wow. Yeah, I'm not like a big... Do you, But is that... Because I, I know you're kind of like squeamish about all that kind of I stuff. Am. Is that because it, you've I got know. such a powerful conscious... I'm such conscious... a freak. I'm such a freak how I, I'm not <laughs> particularly fond of vomit, piss and shit. That's right. You are You are so caught up with that. You are so mentally focused that you're, you're changing your basic physiology. I think that is part of that. You reckon? Yeah. I th- I've often thought that... The way monks train to resist pain, you have taught your bowels to constrict yeah. and your stomach to close over. That's why I think to avoid that I would be, if I was rich enough, I'd be able, to train, be able to train to be an underground street fighter because I believe that I have that yeah, inherent... You, you can, do. like, you know, make yourself work. Like, I have beliefs about things all the time, just hunches. Like, I think I've probably told you this before, but I'm not saying I think I have the power to control birds. I'm just saying... <laughs> That if I one day discovered that I have the power to control birds, that would not come as a surprise. Control how in flight or yeah, just with my mind, some sort of telekinesis, change direction. Yeah, that hate like control them, like 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 Aquaman control the fish, sort of, but like a bird. What about um, domestic birds? Yeah, what about birds? birds. Any bird, any bird. It wouldn't surprise you. Would not surprise me. What evidence you based? None. A hunch. A okay. feeling that there is a part of me that can control birds, but I haven't worked out how to access that whatever it is yet. Okay. You know what I mean? So with your millions... Like, of- I've got a G-spot, so to speak, that you have to find that would help me control well, birds. Well, so with your millions of dollars, your yep. 500 million, hmm. you could pour 300 million of that into research. Into research. Testing or- yourself yeah. with birds. Yeah. That would be frivolous enough. Yeah, that would definitely be To frivolous. get you deemed eccentric, Will Anderson. What happened to uh, Will Anderson? Uh, he's do comedy anymore? No, but he has a bird army that he controls with his thoughts. It wouldn't be that far. Oh, uh, <laughs> did you hear about what happened to Will Anderson? He got pecked to death by birds. That would be awesome, though. Like, I would like. It would be great if you spent your money not only on the, the research and development, but also the publicity. And you hired like the biggest events promoter, and you yeah. launched it at the Sydney Opera House. And oh, it's yeah. like the Will Anderson Institute for the Investigation of Psychic Abilities to Birds. Like you somehow got it painted across one of the domes on the Opera House. Like that's what you did with your five hundred million. Is I? But you know what? Imagine if you were right. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine how vindicated you'd be? Yeah, everyone would laugh at me and laugh at me until the day yeah. when I controlled all the birds. <laughs> all of a sudden, and then I used them as revenge all against the... all the people who mocked me. I made a list of everyone who made a joke about me or made fun of me when I announced. Cross-checked it, it with flights. <laughs> you know what it'd be? The perfect setup would be. It would be, no one had heard it from you for 10 years. Yeah. It's like, what happened to Will Anderson? No one knows what happened to you for 10 yeah. years. And then strangely, reports cut filtering in from around the world of like the bird population disappearing. Not yeah. necessarily dying, but no one can find the birds. And yeah, because it would be great, one of those great stories on the news, because they do talk about bird migration. Yeah. And an interesting fact about the weather this year is that birds don't seem to be migrating for the winter. That's right. They're just disappearing. Yeah. And then one day... It's very much the sort of thing that would be at the start of Armageddon. No, I was going to say M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, uh, yeah, totally. There would be a shot and it would yeah. be a skyscraper and be people in an office and a guy would be typing and he would look at his 
desk and his pens would start shaking yeah. and then the computer would start shaking and then he looks over his cubicle and all the cubicles and everyone's like, what's that noise? And they look out and the sun suddenly gets eclipsed and there is a huge flock of birds and you are riding like two <laughs> stuck to your feet and you're like, I told you I was wrong! <laughs> and they're smelling out Will. <laughs> I want to get some brandy. That yeah. would be fucking. That would be the best. But way. no, they wouldn't be playing that. They wouldn't playing Ride of the Valkyries. They'd be playing uh, I'm Like a Bird by Nelly Furtado. <laughs> <That's, laughs> that would be the best. People talk about showbiz comebacks. Like people thought John Travolta. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. That would be Psych. the best comeback. Because it'd be great if if you did if you did discover that. Yeah. Like you were like, I've not heard. Like, how good would it be if if suddenly like you're like, hey, whatever happened to Con the Fruiter? Mark Mitchell. And then someone's like, well, you never believe this, but he's been in a cave. <laughs> he, think, he thinks he can talk to kangaroos. He's, he's convinced that he's he spent all the kangaroo. con cash, <laughs> all these sweet con dollars, and he, he's invested he, them. All he left us was this note saying he'd be back in a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love to find out that Mark Mitchell was now some kind of crazy survivalist who was off in the woods, like, convinced that he had some kind of psychic connection to an animal. Have you seen Grizzly Man? The uh, documentary Grizzly Man? No, nah, about that dude who lived with the bears and then the yeah. bears... Ate him. Ate him. <laughs> I mean, that is exactly what that documentary is about, is yeah. this guy... I felt like I had the gist. Yeah, this guy, he's like, he, it's, it's really interesting because he's a failed actor mm. and, um, you know, he's sort of one of those misfits, doesn't fit in anywhere and he does a lot of these kind of uh, addresses to a video camera. He'll set up a camera and just do these kind of almost like um, rants, really. And there's this one stage where he's talking about why he's turned his back on society and why he's, you know, embracing the animals and um, I don't want to... <laughs> I'm not trying to stereotype, but he's talking about how that he's never understood why he can't get on with women. And you know what? I don't need girls. I don't need girls. And it's like, oh my God. The obvious conflict in this man's life is almost like if he resolved that one bit of confusion, it would probably undo this whole... And you know of... what the thing is? What a metaphor too. Because like, he, like he's a man who obviously at the heart knows that he needs to be surrounded by bears. Yeah. But he's identified the wrong type of bear. That's what right. he really needed to do was to go well, to orgy how... with a lot of... Yeah, you know, fat hairy guy. That's man. how he died. Was trying to put a leather vest. Yeah, right. The... <laughs> <sighs> oh, I did like that. I like that. Okay, here's a here's a question for you then. Yes, he's pretty like famous. That guy now, right? Like the, he's dead, the dead man. Yeah. But like you know, but his story he's so was... famous that we don't know what his name. Is. His story got made into a movie, and yeah. people know about it. Like yeah. when you brought it up to me just then, I was able to. You just need to say Grizzly Man, about. and yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing: you're gonna get to live to sixty. But you never have any more success than you've already had in your life now. Like, you know, okay. fame, fortune, whatever. So like, this is... I mean, you'll have this so level. So it's who wants to be a millionaire, take the 64,000, yeah. potentially make more or potentially lose it all. Yeah. Okay, so there, you can have this for the rest of your life. Or the other is... This is the one that hopefully makes it interesting. You go out... It, you, you get killed in some sort of comical situation, like the dude who got comically, eaten by the grizzly bears. A, a comically ironic death, yeah, maybe? Yeah, possibly, yeah, definitely. And, but then you become world famous for that. Okay. So you can be famous and dead, or not famous, but live till 60. You can and be, no, yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah moderate life. Yeah. And, and, and A life of what Anonymous you have, and death. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or... 
Oh, fuck it. Comically I'm, ironic death and fight. So, like, so your, de- your death is something like um, you literally yeah. trip, fall, choke on an erect cock, and it's a complete accident, like something like that, and, and you become known as the guy who died choking on a cock. <laughs> like, is that, is that what you're doing? That's something that humiliating. Like, you're at the gym, and you're trying to put your jeans on, and you're, you're hopping around, and you trip, and it just so happens a guy is exiting a shower, and he has a boner, and you fall mouth first onto it, and you choke on his dick. Is that is yeah. that what you're saying? So that's okay. That's a potential. <laughs> Strangely, that was the exact scenario <laughs> that I had envisaged. Well, let's just say let's just take that one because that's pretty yeah. humiliating. Yeah. All right. Would Choking you... on someone's cock yeah. at the gym. You can... Why has the guy got an erect cock? Like <laughs> no. walking around nude in the gym. I don't know. That's not right. I don't know. He just came out of the shower. Maybe. All right. Maybe he had a boner before he got to the shower. He thought, "I'll just bang one out in the shower yeah. just to get this down because it's embarrassing." Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it hadn't quite, so it was sort oh. of descending. So not, yeah, so you you've actually choked on a semi-erect <laughs> cock. <laughs> What's worse? And that's what my oh, definitely choking it's a worse flaccid than, cock. It's definitely worse to choke on a flaccid cock. <laughs> definitely. I don't know. Is it? Because yeah. what choking on a hard cock? It's like, being, some, it's like being stabbed to death by a blunt knife. You know what's bizarre? Is are you saying that because there's at least some kind of machismo attached to a hard cock? Like yeah, even though well, it's I mean, the gayest hard, thing in the world. A hard cock. Choking on a flaccid cock would at least suggest that like, it wasn't a homosexual situation because one of the people wasn't aroused. I don't think that's my priority at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like predicting my reputation. So you're all right. Well, okay, so choking on a dick. Yeah. Let's say flaccid or erect. Yeah, whatever. Both you're humiliating. At the gym. You've is, it wor- is, is it worth a life of success and fame? Um, depends if I had kids. <laughs> Because that's who you're really... They're the ones who are going to have to live with. Oh, you're the sons of fucking... It's a good point, though. Charlie Chokes on Dick. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting point. Charlie Cocks on. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think um, I'd be okay with it if I didn't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So ask me again. So that means that you, yeah, you're not embarrassed for yourself. No, I'm But you are embarrassed for yourself. Well, children. fuck, man. I don't, once I'm dead, I, like... Although that would be, that would be awful being raised Catholic and having since denounced my Catholicism and then choking on a dick and going to heaven and having God say, well, you know what, dude? Technically. You can't come in here. That's right. And I was like, I'm not gay. It was an accident. I tripped. You saw him going, uh, uh, uh. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) And when a man leaves with another man. Clause 10B. (laughs) Slipping at the gym is no excuse. You'd be surprised how often that's happened. <laughs> it's like, seriously. It's yeah, I mean, the third highest rate of fatality yeah, out there. In some ways, mate, it's, it, you're unlucky that it got out. Because <laughs> people have been covering this shit up for years. <laughs> it's, it's, actually, so, it's actually a very popular way to die. Yeah, Mama, you are the poor, unlucky guy. It's like Mama, uh, ca- Mama Cass didn't choke on a sandwich, yeah. dude. <laughs> Harold Holt didn't go missing in the ocean. Elvis Presley didn't die in the toilet. They all died checking on dicks. Yeah. This thing goes way to the top. <laughs> it's like you're the next the, big conspiracy. You're just the guy they named it after, man. You're just, I mean, like, Lou Gehrig wasn't the first person who had Lou Gehrig's disease. I'd love it if Oliver Stone, like, his next film is all about, like, some guy trying to blow the lid off the secret cock-sucking fatality league. He's gone all throughout history. People have died choking on a cock, yet it's been covered up with mm. stories of assassination. JFK didn't die... <laughs> In Texas, he died checking on a cock in a gymnasium. The second cock on a grassy knoll. Yeah, wow, that'd be good. I, 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 I quite like the idea that at some stage a big conspiracy comes out, like whatever it is. I don't really care what it is, but I do like a, a good, you know, 
if they put if, something in the water or something, I would find that exciting if it came out. Do you um? Are you a believer in some conspiracies? No, not really. Not say so like well anything. That, My natural suspicion is that people are not organised. Yeah, to do things. Anything that's like a nine eleven was planned yeah. by the government, or I'm always Couldn't like, there's no way. I mean, how coordination. Hard, how hard is it to fucking like get the government mail in, delivered? You know, look at the government in Australia. <laughs> they like are elected by the people and given heaps of money to do their job, and they're allowed to legally. It's their job. Yeah, and they still just fuck up. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Do you honestly believe that no one can keep anything secret? No. Like you hear these meetings, like for politicians, but for sports stars, for celebrities, like they get recorded. Everything. I don't understand. Where do these recordings come from? Like, how easy is it to record a conversation? Like when they, like, do you remember when it was that was John Howard and um, oh, uh, the Andrew Peacock, yeah. uh, Jeff Kennett, Andrew Peacock, Jeff Kennett, <laughs> yeah, when it's picked up on like a two-way yeah. radio. Like, how the fuck does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> a, uh, excuse me, guys. Could just come in. Uh, <laughs> If you could uh, speak into this flower I have on my jacket, that would be brilliant. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think conspiracies can happen because I think, A, that there's too much money to be made by blowing the whistle and, B, people aren't clever enough. Like, it's so hard. How hard? Have you ever tried to plan a surprise party or buy a present for your girlfriend, like, in secret? Like, that is fucking hard. Like, let alone, you know, trying to have someone killed on the highest level of power or blow up two buildings at once. So I've never understood how you could have, like, an affair. Like, like you know, maybe, like, a one-off affair. I can understand the logistics of, but yeah, these people... people other families. Other families? Yeah, that's amazing. Other yeah. families? Yeah. I know. I don't have enough time for a cat. Yeah. And people have whole other families. That's an... I've never understood that. But also, like... What is the point of having two families? Like, isn't one enough? Like, yeah. I understand having sex on the side. Sex is an immediate need and yeah. desire. Like, like, but having like another set of responsibilities, another. I hate the way this kid swings. Ah, <laughs> oh, this one's this ah oh, oh, this one's rubbish at cricket. Well, these guys. I'm gonna get myself a new family <laughs> with better kids. <laughs> have another crack I don't have any more with this woman or maybe you just her genes are no good maybe you just really like like Pixar movies and uh, your family don't it's like well I've got to have another family to have a reason to go see this fucking Pixar movies yeah so the dad's there like uh, so uh, we all enjoyed Toy Story 3 didn't we I had a bit of a cry um, it's out on uh, DVD now so uh, everyone want to watch it again no I'm just like this I'm getting a new family <laughs> or it's more like I'm just uh, popping out for all a couple right. of hours uh, yep, <laughs> Beep, 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 beep. Oh, uh, that's my pager. I just have to go interstate on some business. <laughs> Driving around from family to family and no one wants to watch it again. He's like, fuck, I'm going to have to start Toy a new story! one. And then he ends up with a prostitute. Can I at least get you pregnant? Please. <laughs> uh, I think we've been talking long enough. Um, so yeah. you can check us out uh, at iTunes, Tofop. Or on um, Facebook, which is also Tofop. And we have a website on the way, but it's not up yet. So don't type in tofop.com yet because it just comes up with a holding page. So uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for um, putting us into the download charts on iTunes. That was pretty yeah, exciting. Yeah, that was exciting. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I totally. know it's like, because we kind of, you know, just did this. And we're like, we're like, what, what should we do? And we well, thought, well, let's not plan anything. <laughs> let's not plan anything. And we'll just talk and see where it goes. And, you know, maybe sometimes it'll be funny and maybe sometimes it'll be interesting. And, and you know, maybe no one will ever listen to it, you know? <laughs> but you are. And, yeah, and we put it up and people downloaded it. It's really cool. Like, it was, at one stage, it was it was um, only behind uh, Ricky Gervais and Hamish and Andy's I know. podcast. I know. It was great. It was, I don't know how many 
that what that means. No. I have no idea what that means, but thank you. It's yeah. really cool. I and hope that you like it. And if you do like it, tell your friends about it. And we're going to keep doing more. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a weekly podcast from now on. So um, keep tuning in. Go, we'll go up on a Sunday. So uh, thanks for listening. See ya. See ya.